I don't know about your house, Jennifer. I still have a couple people still living in my house. And I'm still trying to figure out how to get the dishes into the dishwasher when there's space in the dishwasher. Will I ever be able to teach that to my kids? I don't know. I'm about to give up. (laughs) The most helpful phrase (laughs) that (laughs) we ever came up with was you don't have to like it, but you still have to do it. So what we say, it's, you know, your turn to do the dishes. Like, I don't want to do the dishes. Well, you don't have to want to, but you still have to do it. So there is a requirement as you grow. And I am such a proponent of, you know, making these things, we say (laughs) non-optional. And it's not always fun. It's not always going to get done the way you want to do it. You know, like you feel like you have to monitor how they're doing it. So you do have to give up a little bit of how that dishwasher, you know, gets the dishes in just right. But I do like them done a certain way. I mean, I do. That's probably one of the reasons why my kids are like, if I do it, you're just going to complain that it wasn't done the way that you want. (laughs) Is that a spouse thing too? I I, I really feel like we've had this discussion, not just with kids. Yeah, it, it probably is. But, you know, trying to instill these things in the family as, you know, we were talking recently and I always think that if we can change the perspective in our homes of, having to that, oh my gosh, I'm having to empty the dishwasher for the 10th time. How can we say, you know what? These are the things that help our family. This helps the household. This helps us. And how can we instill that into our kids? And man, today's topic is going to give us some ideas on just that. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. This week's episode is brought to you by Bobby Organic Infant Formula and Spoonful One. As a parent that has done all the options for feeding my newborns, I love that Bobby believes that every feeding journey matters. From exclusively breastfeeding to full bottle feeding to a combination of all of those, each of our stories are unique and your story matters. Bobby is the only infant formula company in the U.S. founded and led by moms. And their mission is deeply personal and rooted in their own experiences. Bobby created a European-style recipe backed by pediatricians, pediatric nutritionists, and food scientists. And their recipe is modeled after the EU nutritional guidelines, while also meeting all FDA requirements for infant formula. And because Bobby wants to support our Moms on Call community, they are offering a 10% discount on your first box of Bobby with code MOMSONCALL10 at HiBobby.com. Okay, I'm just going to say it. Fish. Some people like it, some people don't. But it's one of those essential things that we want to introduce into a baby's diet 
as early as possible. And that is what Spoonful One has made part of their mission. And it's so exciting because as a new parent, there's so much that you've got on your plate already. So they have a simple system to seamlessly integrate into your day to day that actually includes many of the common allergens. In fact, 16 foods responsible for the majority of food allergies in a baby's daily diet is included in Spoonful One. They have packets, they have chewables, and over there on their website, they show you exactly how to go about putting that in your everyday routine. It is spectacular. And if you go to spoonfulone.com backslash moms on call for more information, you can get your exclusive offer of 35% off their award-winning products. Hi, my name is Susan from Port Jervis, New York, and I have a question. So what's a good way to start giving our toddler responsibilities? We want to teach our son about how to clean up after himself and to be a contributing member of the household. I don't love the idea of paying kids for chores, but um, I'd love to teach him that it's a responsibility instead of a punishment because when I was a kid, chores were a punishment and I hated that. Thank you. Susan, how much do I love that you are on to the secret of success and it's about the perspective. And having that perspective, like this is a privilege. We all get to contribute and that's a privilege. A lot of that, as we've spoken of, has to deal with what are our expectations for completion. And I'm going to have to be 100% honest. uh, Several of my friends are quite jealous, but my husband does the dishes. He is the most uh, attentive, wonderful Um, dish doer. It used to be I would cook and he'd do the dishes and I would cook up a mess. But there are certain ways that we like to have things done. And that as our kids are learning, that's something that we have to lay down so that we are able to build in them the satisfaction of having done it their way to a degree. That doesn't mean like if I've asked you to throw out your, you know, paper plates, but they only made it halfway to the garbage can, (laughs) that that counts. Not quite the same. But if they do things a little bit differently, or it's not, you know, completely done the way that we would have done it. Some of that is being okay with that and building in them the appreciation for their efforts. And I think that it's important that when we're talking about toddlers, if we're going all the way back to kind of those young toddler years, it may be just pretty simple, right? Like, you know, we're going to put our plate in the garbage, you know, let's pick up our toys. And how do we make it fun and just part of that daily routine of picking up after ourselves. And I, and I do think that at this age, we have to bring the fun. Yeah. Even though you don't always have it in you. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, the well of fun tapping into that. Right. Yeah. You know, there's the cleanup song and I like to make it part of the identity. So one of the things that kids need is it's part of their sense of security is they want to know how do we do it? I am a part of this people group. And how do we behave? So oftentimes, you know, just saying like in our house, 
we clean up all of these Legos off the floor before we move on to the next thing. And so I love that language too, that you're using, you know, there's a lot of we going on and, you know, some of those kids have a little sass and they will say back to you, oh, you can clean up the Lego. <laughs> We're like, mm, no, it doesn't work like that. Not in this house. <laughs> right? Not in this house. I think I've said that a few times in my house, not not in this house. And yeah, so, you know, there's a expectation, but an identity to it of like, here's how the things work here and trying to make it as fun as possible. Not all things are fun, but also recognizing that toddlers, especially right around that two and three years of age, they can only go through two to three stage commands. Their brains are such that, you know, they can only go so far into the future. So you say, take this paper plate and throw it in the garbage. That's two stage command. So sometimes if we're being too complicated about, well, this goes in this bin and that goes in that bin, and then these go over here. It's not that they don't want to help clean up. It's just that now we've just overwhelmed them. They can't organize that much information like we can. So we can have to simplify the steps, just bring it back, take this Lego and put it in that bin. It's more helpful. So you kind of feel like you're having to do, you know, small steps at a time, but it's really helpful to do it that way. Break it down into something that they can comprehend and understand. And that's helpful. And make it part of that daily routine. Try and pick two or three things a day that you're going to kind of begin to work on and repeat it and repeat it often, those same things so that they can start to see how this works in the house. There's some games that we can do, right? Uh, Like, you know, one of your favorite ones with the kids were when you were doing laundry in the evenings, but that is just part of them beginning to learn to follow some of those commands. So I would put the laundry basket across the room And then I would say, okay, guys, somebody bring me something red. And they'd run and they'd try and find it. And they bring it and I'd fold it and put it on the (laughs) couch next to me. Okay, bring me a sock. And, you know, so see if you can find the matching sock. And so, you know, we did make that kind of a fun thing that ran out their energy in the evening. Um, But another thing that I think of is oftentimes we curate an atmosphere where chores are not fun for all of us. Like where we're just saying things or we don't think they're listening. We're like, oh, I hate the dishes. Is there more laundry? Could there be any more laundry in this world? This is like the eighth load of laundry I am doing today. And, you know, so sometimes they're watching how we respond to some of the chores that we don't want to do. Now, am I saying it's not okay to not, you know, want to do chores, that double negative? No, you cannot like stuff. That's totally fine. But if you keep talking about it in front of the kids, sometimes you're inadvertently setting how they see it. Some of my friends did this with their job. I learned so much from them because they were always like, instead of like, oh, I got to go to work. They were like, I, it's such a privilege to be able to have this job. It's long hours, but you know, it really provides for us. And I really learned so much. I was humbled by their perspective about doing that. And I do. I think perspective is huge in setting up that atmosphere of this is what we do in the house and just really trying to to watch how we say things. Again, we go back to kind of body language, too, especially for those two and three year olds who, for the most part, they so want to help 
They want to be a part of what you are doing. And so I love, one of my favorite things is those toddler size brooms and mops and the little dust pans that, that you can set out. I highly recommend having those available so that when you're sweeping, they can be sweeping. Okay, they may or may not be getting any of, of the actual dirt off, but they're beginning to mimic you. And I think that's so important. It is. And it's okay to be honest. Like, it's okay to not like doing it, but say that, you know what? Sweeping's not my favorite, but I don't have to like it. I still have to do it. Like, let's, let's do this together. Let's do this. Let's make it fun. Right. You know, or let's just do it. So we, we it's over. Get it done. We'll go outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, Susan, we would highly recommend that you pick two or three things a day. Try to be repetitive. Uh, make it part of your routine and then watch and allow them to see you performing some of those chores as well. Your baby and toddler food questions answered. Welcome to the Moms on Call Snack Attack, brought to you by Spoonful One. Favorite word day? One of my favorite words. Spicy. Because you have to say it like that. You do have spicy. to say it. Spicy. And kind of do like the little salsa. Absolutely. Kind of dance while you do it. You must involve your shoulders. 100%. In some capacity. <laughs> but I am telling you, one of the things that just drives me up a wall is trying to have these toddlers eat food that doesn't taste good. Taste it first. Now, they do go through a bland season. They do. Like where they just like bland foods for a season. And it's just part of the exploration phase. But spicy is something that they develop a love for. Some of them right from the get-go. Oh, yeah, I know some sure. of the people listening are going, my kid has wanted Tabasco on his <laughs> carrots since we started feeding him. But, you know, if your kid's going through that bland phase, Laura, you are one of the best cooks that I know. Help me spice up my toddler's food life. And it doesn't necessarily mean heat or, you know, those types of spices. You know, think outside the box. Think, uh, oregano and cumin and basil and all those fun herbs that you can add. Rosemary. Oh my gosh, a little rosemary tastes so good when you put it on those roasted carrots. So begin to start to introduce that into the diet as early as the beginning. You know, from Gosh, when you start at four to six months of age, you can begin to put some of those herbs and seasonings into that food. And really, if you wouldn't eat it, don't expect them to. You can make their food life spicy. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit MomsOnCall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey.